need a pep talk? Come hang with us weekly while we serve up realness with a side of sass and help you learn to love yourself in every shape, size, and season. I'm Becca. And I'm AMQ. And this is I Got You, Boo. Hello, hello. Hi. We are just going to, I feel like we're just going to jump right in as soon as she gets here. Because we have yeah. a very exciting episode this week, my friends. We've been talking about it on our stories. The countdown is on. I feel so legit to be in the presence of this guest. Same Z's. Same Z's. It's a V big deal. Yeah. What again, Clubhouse. <laughs> you know what? Clubhouse is just the place to be. Like honestly, I always say, I always make the joke like clubbing looks different these days. But like I like this club. This club is full of people I actually like. Wouldn't that be nice? Like, imagine if yeah. in your clubbing days, you didn't have those, like, annoyings who would spill vodka soda all over you. Who <laughs> throw vodka. Or, like, just be, like, the douche lords in the club. There's no one. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's still douche lords for sure. But you get to, like, curate the rooms you're in. Like, you can't just be like, I'm going to go to this club and it's guaranteed there's going to be cool people here. Like, that would never happen <laughs> in real life. Very true. Yeah. Well, I think I hear someone pulling up. Welcome to the episode, Gabby Mail. Hello. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yay. We're so excited to have you. Gotta love Clubhouse, man. Gotta love Clubhouse. Clubhouse is the best. It is. I've met so many cool people there. It's yeah. All the cool people are on Clubhouse. Truth. So we are going to jump right in here. Tell us a little bit about you and who you are and what makes you the powerhouse human that you are. Well, thank you. Um, so I am Gabby Mail. I'm 24 years old. I use she, her pronouns, and I currently live in Lexington, Kentucky. I'm actually moving literally in nine days up to Cincinnati, Ohio. So it's not too big of a move, but it's still like a whole new city technically a new state, like just a big life change. I've been in Lexington for seven ish years. Now I went to college here. And so it's, yeah, it's a big life change and I'm, I'm really excited, nervous, all the things going through all the emotions, but I am a content creator, entrepreneur. I own a couple different businesses and, um, yeah, I mean, in this world we live in with social media, I, I was lucky enough to like get on it right when it was kind of blowing up. And so I was very blessed to be like, I kind of, I didn't intend to be an influencer or content creator. It just kind of happened and I kind of stumbled into it. Whereas nowadays I think people kind of aspire to do that. And I just, I feel really blessed to have started when I did because I definitely had a, a head start. Cause nowadays like social media is just, it's, it's hard. Mm -hmm. So we're going to dive into all of the entrepreneur and business stuff that that you have created, but we always like to do a fun little game and I am a sucker for a good weird. Would you rather so if you're game, Anybody. okay, so the one that we have is, would you rather stub your baby toe every day when you wake up in the morning or spontaneously get a paper cut at some point throughout the day, but you don't know when it's going to happen every single day? Can I ask how bad the paper cut is? It's between your fingers. <gasps> oh, yeah. I think I'm going to go with the the stubbing the toe. And here's why I have really messed up pinky toes already. Like I have very low circulation in them and I can show you pictures. I'm not going to, but they <laughs> like, they're just like very swollen and like already messed up a little bit. So like, what's another stub? Like, it's fine. That's, that's a good point. If you already not going to really feel it, then just get it over with first thing in the morning. Okay. That's a good one. It'll, it would wake me up. You know, it's like stub your toe. You're, you're out of bed now. Exactly. Instead of like getting a paper cut when you're having the best day ever and then you're just two days ruined. Yeah, that'd be a real big buzzkill. You're right. Just you already know what's happened. AMQ, what would you pick? Mm. Yeah, I plot twisted you. I know you didn't expect me to ask you that either. I I am such a klutzosaurus rex. Like I stub my toe <laughs> almost daily already, I feel. <laughs> so I feel like that. Oh, gee, okay. I feel like, Yeah. I, like, the paper cut is just, you can't do anything, you know? Like, you, yeah. <laughs> you just walk just, around like this. The toe, the pain goes away. And, like, my dad always would say, and I hated it when he does it. And now I, I do it to people, and I know they hate when I do it. But I'm like, 
slowly count back from 10. It'll be gone when you're done. And I, at the time I I would always be like, shut up. It hurts so bad. (laughs) But now I do it. I actually do it. I'm like, just count to 10 or count backwards from 10 and it's gone. The paper cut though, that pain's going to be there. And then you're like your hands, like, I don't know. That's a really good trick though, to use on a lot of things in life (laughs) to count back from 10 and the pain will be gone. (laughs) Or at least it distracts you for 10 seconds. (laughs) Right, right. 10 seconds of peace. All right. I so like pinky it. toes are getting stubbed all around. Party it up. I have a weird pinky toe too, or pinky toes. I have like those weird cracked toes, not circulation issues, but like, yeah, like the pinky toe with the crack, like it looks like a hoof. <laughs> I'm going to need pictures. Don't Thank know you. if like you charge for feet pics, but I might need to buy check out check out amq's only fans account for just a warning i'm a size four children so we're talking like (laughs) tiny a tiny hoof like a real tiny hoof a hoof though (laughs) wow okay listen my nail lady we've talked about her we talked about wendy when she pulls out my feet it's not her favorite time of the day She's like, oh, a pedicure today. Oh, oh my god! Like, she never likes giving me a pedicure. <laughs> Anyways, moving on from feet. <laughs> Great segue. Fantastic segue. Uh, okay, so you already covered on, I figured you would, but you already covered on your big move, which is, it's like not big a long distance geographically, but big in that it's, it's a different place. Like you're looking at houses, like it's a whole process for you. So, um, there's lots of changes. How are you feeling right now in this season? I'm feeling so much better today than I did like two days ago. I had like a mini mental breakdown a couple of days ago. Cause not only it would be one thing if we were moving, but I own multiple businesses and they're they're also in like the busiest seasons right now. So we have the rose retreats next weekend and Mm -hmm. Nick and I are then going on a trip to Sedona because we wanted to like kind of relax after our retreat. And we didn't know that we were going to be moving in between that. And so it's just, it's with everything else piled up on top of it. It's also my biggest month of like content creation for brands. And so I think all of that piled up, that's where I started to like have a I just was having a little moment right now. I've, I've honestly done a really good job of like prioritizing, getting ahead of things. And I know this past year was really big for me with mental health. And like I went to therapy and I did a lot of like boundary setting with my therapist. And one of the biggest boundaries we set was with work and learning how to prepare myself for my anxiety and for just feeling stressed and implementing things ahead of time instead of trying to slap a bandaid on when I'm in the moment. So little things like just making sure if like to-do lists, like I actually have those done beforehand and starting early on the packing and just getting ahead of things. It's like, I always said, I wanted to be that person that would be like ahead of things and like (laughs) prepared. But this was the time I was like, you can actually be that person now, like do it because not just for your like physical surroundings, but for your mental health. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm feeling proud of myself. I'm feeling honestly just excited for change and for newness and for like all the just new opportunities, new places, new people. I, I think it's with, especially with everything that happened in the past year, I think that it's going to be a really, it's like a beautiful kind of time to kind of have something like this happen because the world's opening up again and we're able to go do things. And I'm really excited to be able to do that in a new place. So yeah, I'm feeling good. Yeah. And I'm sure that this might change. Maybe when you move, you'll find some new things that you love to incorporate in your daily routine. But for now, what does your ideal day look like if you were to pick a perfect day? Wow. So for me, the ideal day would look like getting up and going to some kind of like movement of movement of some sorts. Personally, for me right now, that looks like cycle bar. I've been obsessed with cycling just because after years and years of like doing my own thing in the gym and obsessing over the gym and workouts and having a very specific routine. I've really fallen in love with group fitness and having someone else tell me what to do and being able to almost like surrender and not be in charge and not be in control. And also again, with the past year and the pandemic and everything, it's been really nice to be in a group setting in a safe space and like have loud music. And it's almost like a little party. It's almost kind of given me that feeling of like, 
being in a club or like have just like having a fun time. And I, I do love movement and I love fitness and I love having a good workout. And so cycle bar has been amazing for me. So that I would do that in the morning, come home, have a very productive day with work. I am a workaholic, but I'm a proud workaholic. I've learned to create boundaries with it. And so I actually really, really love working. I love my job. I love content creation. So it would look like a very productive day with work and then finishing off the day either with a walk with my boyfriend or going and maybe playing some tennis or just doing, we, we love being outside. So even just sitting on the deck and just kind of chilling, watching the sunset and eating some good food in between, that would be like a perfect day. That's lovely. That sounds fantastic. Goals, like your own goals. This is yeah. Awesome. That's amazing. That's amazing. It's not what my days look like right now and moving. Right. It's what it is. Yeah. But hopefully yeah. once we move, we, I can create that again. Yes, absolutely. Right now, my days look like boxes and lots of boxes and trash bags and lots of runs to the dumpster. I bet. I bet. And then content creation in between. You're like, let me just move this box out of the shot. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm like, anyone know Photoshop? Because I need to edit everything out of the background. <laughs> uh, okay. So I know you mentioned it. We mentioned it already a little bit. But for those listening, for our Boo Crew, what is the Rose Retreat? Yes. So the Rose Retreat, Rose, first and foremost, stands for Restore, Overcome, Self-Love, and Empower. Um, it was created, um, Mick and I, we both have been on our own journeys with food and fitness and all of that, but we both were kind of going through recovery at the same time in 2018. And, um, Mick had called me and she was like, Gabby, I really want to do like an event of some sorts. Like, let's have like, maybe go to this yoga studio that we knew of, have like 10, 15, 20 girls come and it can just be like a four hour event. We can do some workshops, whatever. And so we started planning that. And then as we were planning, we were like, this isn't enough time. And so we were like, okay, like maybe let's make it a full day event. And then we were like, you know what, let's make it like a weekend. And then we were like, well, if we're going to do that, let's like put everyone in the same place. Let's get like a cabin in the woods. Let's get a mansion cabin. And so then it just like spiraled. And we ended up that night booking a mansion cabin in Hocking Hills, Ohio. Um, and we opened up 20 spots and it, they filled up super fast. And we just kind of went with it. And it was so successful and so fun. And we literally, we left that retreat looking at each other. We were like, this is our future. I don't know how we're going to get there. I don't know what it's going to look like. Cause we, we can't be the ones planning this. We're not event planners. Like it, it worked this time, but it's not going to work again in the future. And the Rose retreat was born. Yeah. And we just, we've, we've had, we've done three retreats so far and we have our virtual one coming up. Cause we obviously had to cancel everything with, um, with COVID in 2020, which was a journey in itself, but yeah, the Rose Retreat, it's all about female empowerment, um, getting vulnerable, allowing women a safe space to tell their story. Um, especially when we do like our in-person events, it's going to be difficult with the virtual one. But when we're in person with these women, we really, we have speakers come and talk and do their workshops and stuff, but we also really put a big emphasis on letting, giving them also time to speak and, and share their story. Cause a lot of these women who've been through, whether it's an abusive relationship or a difficult relationship with food or their body, they may have never spoken about it before, or at least never felt safe enough to speak about it and never had people to relate to. And so when you get women who have been through similar things and are struggling with similar things into the same room, and they're all just like kind of talk. It's like clubhouse, like AMQ, you'll, you'll agree. Like you, you just start, you feel that energy. Yeah. And while it's really heavy material and topic, we've been, we've gotten really strategic about making sure we like have specific time for like, okay, this is going to be a heavier conversation. This is going to be a time where it's going to get emotional, but then we're going to go zip lining or we're going to go do something fun. And we kind of make sure it's like uh, still a really fun weekend, but it's also very, it, it does get emotional and it does get vulnerable and it's transformative. That's amazing. And I mean, you just kind of touched on what our, what we were going to ask next, but I kind of wanted to dive into a little bit of, I know that you say like you want people to share their stories and create this safe space for women to share those things and connect. How would you want the people that um, attend your retreat to leave feeling like what is the goal that you want them to feel at the end? Yeah. So our last retreat that we had like in person was 2019 November in Canada. And that was the best one we've ever had because we had an event planner and it was very like well done and just 
higher budget because we had some sponsors and the women left that retreat best friends. Like they are now in each other's weddings. They, I still talk to some of them. They have started their own personal journeys on social media, like inspiring other women. And so our ideal is for women to leave and just feel like they either one have direction if they're in the middle of it and they are not really, they weren't really sure what to do, or if they are kind of overcoming it, but still, still struggling a little bit is to feel seen and to feel heard and to feel like they really truly were able to open up in a way that they maybe never have before. And that's, I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel when I feel seen and I feel heard, that's like one of the most comforting feelings um, because we all just want to be seen and we want to feel accepted and we want to feel loved. And so that is what we want to create. We almost want it to feel like when you leave a really good family, like Christmas vacation, like when you just feel like that love and it's great and it's a fun time, like that's kind of the feeling that we want people to leave with. Ooh, I love that. As you were just saying that, I could not look at AMQ's screen because I was like, I feel the tears coming. I already feel the feels forming because we are both attending and we are so excited. So with the virtual retreat, like I, I'm, we've never done one. So I'm like anxious to see how it'll be because we're, it's difficult to create that like, connection where for the attendees, because obviously we're like, we're on a screen and there's over 500 people so far. So it's like difficult to get that like connection and whatnot, but we're, we're, we've made sure to do like, we're doing breakout rooms and there's a, a live chat always going. So you can like, actually like, co like continuously like be communicating and kind of giving feedback as you're going, which you actually can't really do when you're in a live event and someone's giving a speech or talking, like you're obviously sitting there quietly. So it'll, I'm excited to kind of see how the chat room develops and just hear everyone's speeches and um, workshops and stuff. It's, it's going to be so amazing. Chills, man. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, what a cool, what a cool thing. What a great thing you two are doing. That's incredible. Speaking of that, so... I was talking to Becca about this and she didn't know what this was when I first oh said, but I wanted to ask you, I always make fun of her when she doesn't know what I'm saying. I'm like, how do you not know this? She's also American and I'm Canadian. So we go through that a lot where we don't know what we're, we're saying. Our whole event planning team is Canadian. So we, I'm like super duper connect, like all of every, everyone that like is in our circle for the event is like Canadian. And we have a very big base in Canada. That's why we did our last retreat in Canada. So yeah. I'm like, I, I feel that because we, same with our event planner, there's sometimes I'm like, wait, what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, it makes it sound like we're speaking other languages. It's not that it's just, it's, it's all, it's little things though. And I'm like, you just said this, like, haha. Like, <laughs> that's not how we would say that. Or like, that's not what that means. I was born in England and I grew up with a British accent until I like was a little bit older and like learned to like drop it. And so I've my wow. whole life lived with like people being like, you just said tomato or you said garage. <laughs> Instead of, and I'll be like, oops, like even now my boyfriend will be like, you just said that in a British accent. Like it'll just like slip randomly. Aww. Oh my that, gosh. That's funny. <laughs> so cute. Okay. So I wanted to ask about you and Mick's meet cute, AKA origin story. Meet For cute. those of us who don't I've understand what it is. Before. Oh my gosh. A meet See? cute. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. A meet cute is like in the movies. So you know how in a movie you'll be watching and like people meet. And it'll be cute. It'll be like, they'll, they'll bump into each other and they, all their stuff that they're holding flies through the air. And they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And they like help each other pick stuff up. Something like that. That's what the music. Is. And it's like, you like make eye contact and it's like, <gasps> love it. For yes. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, they're going to be best friends. Like I can see it. You like already know. Yeah. <laughs> so Mick and I, uh, social media, we both were doing fitness stuff. Like we were obsessed with fitness and doing that, like pursuing that kind of career. And we both were working for a company at the time. Like we were student ambassadors and my brother was actually like the head of the ambassador program. And so he had said like, you should reach out to this girl. She seems pretty legit. Like she knows what she's doing. She seems like she like is really, you guys really align with each other. And so I did, and we had just like been DMing. And then we actually, um, had created a company. <laughs> this is like throwback and like PTSD, like don't usually talk about this stuff. <laughs> But we, we had created a company with two other girls who we are no longer like super close with, but, um, 
we, it was kind of same thing. Like it was female empowerment, getting women together that at that time, though was a lot more fitness focused. And whenever we would hang out with these other two girls, like Mick and I were just always closer. Like we could just like, you know, when you're in a group of people, you just like gravitate towards the people that you're meant to be around. Um, that's just how we, how we were. And so like, we started hanging out like outside of that group of four and then it kind of just became more and more. And then some stuff happened and we just became really, really close. We actually traveled to Thailand together, um, with a, with a company, like a retreat company that again, see where it's all coming from. It was a retreat company that we had traveled to Thailand with. And, um, that's kind of when the ideas started forming, I guess. And so our friendship really grew then. And after the first time we went to Thailand, that is when Mick went through her big, like recovery. Like that's when, cause it was leading up to Thailand where she was like, really like just not doing kind things to her body. And it was after Thailand when, I don't know how much you know about her story, but she had like this Photoshopping scandal kind of thing, which I didn't even know she was doing. And I was literally giving her opinions on her pictures at night and like helping her edit them. But I didn't know that they were being Photoshopped. And so she had a big wake up call and went through a bunch of therapy, bunch of eating disorder recovery. And then that's when she had called me and said, let's do an event. That's like just completely self-love focused and start taking the fitness aspect out of it and just make it about health and mental health. And that's kind of how it bloomed. It just has grown and developed from there. That's such an amazing, yeah, right? Just a beautiful love story. (laughs) Because I feel like our friendships, our friendships are so much like that. I mean, AMQ, AMQ and I have not met in person yet. <laughs> we, <laughs> that is so, isn't the war, isn't that so crazy? Just, ha- and also like with social media, just like how, I mean, you really can create true relationships and friendships and then, but it, what's, what's amazing. Cause I've been doing this for so long where I have been creating relationships with people online and then meeting them before COVID mm-hmm. when you get to meet those people, it is. And that's why I love the Rose Retreat when we do it in person. Cause these people, they look up to you and they put you on a pedestal and they see you as this influencer and then they meet you and they're like, wait, she's mm-hmm. a normal human. Like she's like me and she's normal and whatever. And Mick and I are both so normal and people see that at their retreats. They're like, oh, they don't have their shit together. Just <laughs> like we don't. It's okay. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for you guys to have your in life meet cute. Yeah, right? Same. I'm not going to be okay. I'm not going to be okay. You need to like bring a boom box and like play some like music and just like 100%. slow motion walk. Have someone <laughs> yes. like record We're going to hire a whole crew. We're yeah, going to have like multiple have angle ready. cameras, like just ready to rock. Like I, listen, we, we haven't even, cl- we're not even, I'm not even close to being in a position to potentially going down there and seeing her or else I would have already been there. You know, Canada's kind of slow, slow on the uptake here, but it's, it's true about the online relationships. Becca and I both work in the online wellness space. So we've experienced that whole like meeting people in real life after literally spending every day <laughs> talking to them. So, I mean, I know how that feels, but it's not going to be this, it'll, I'm not going to be able to compare that experience to anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. Because we started a freaking podcast during a global pandemic and we haven't met in real life. <laughs> it's so, so yeah. crazy. Oh, I love me. I know. Cute. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So when you, I know that you just, just kind of spoke to this too, but when you started to gain that notoriety on Facebook or on Facebook, on your social media platforms, how did that affect how you showed up or did it at all? Like, how did it make you feel when you were entering that space? Yeah. So I've actually been talking a lot about this like to my friends and stuff recently, because a lot of my friends are in similar spaces to me. And it is, it's just, it's really interesting. I think that as I've grown up and as I've like went to therapy and stuff and just like really started digging into like psychology and all of that, I, I think that I've dealt with it differently. So like originally, like back when I was in college and I was just getting started, um, I think that I, it definitely, I've always been humble, but I definitely, I mean, we all have egos and it, 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 when someone comes up to you and says, Oh my gosh, I follow you on Instagram. Like, like that makes you feel good. It makes you feel great. Especially when it's not just like, Oh, they follow you and you post like nice travel pics. Like you're posting content that's changing their life and like really helping them and inspiring them. And in my case, like as I shifted into the self-love space and away from fitness, women are coming up to me and saying that like, I inspired them to be able to wear shorts this summer, or I'd like really helped them like dive into eating disorder recovery. And so it's, it's those moments that have really humbled me and taken me out of like, Oh, they follow me on Instagram. Like I'm a cool person to Holy crap. I'm changing this person's life. And I think that's where 
it like really hits me and it gets like, it makes me emotional because Mick and I, especially together, like when we are traveling, we, um, last two years ago when we were in Las Vegas with a company we worked for, um, they did like a meet and greet and this girl came up to us and all the girls coming up to us were like so sweet and so kind. And like, it was even emotional for some of them, but this girl literally came up to us and specifically to Mick, but she was like, you are the reason I didn't commit suicide. And I know that trigger warning, that's very like heavy, but like in that moment, you just like pause. And I I think it kind of, it pauses the whole like social media aspect of it. And you're like, wait a second, like put the clothes aside, put the fancy cars aside, put the money aside. Like we have the power to literally change people's lives and, and save people's lives. And that is something that I, we just like really try to not take for granted and really find gratitude in every single day because social media is really powerful and it can be used for good. But if you do let it get to your head and if you do let the numbers play into your mental health, it can, it can be really damaging and it can be, it can be not a good thing. So, um, I think that, yeah, as I've grown up and as I've kind of just, this has become my, I've been my life now for five, six years and I've kind of just become used to it. I also though have to remind myself to take a step back and still continue to find gratitude in it and not become complacent with it because it is so cool and it could be taken away from me tomorrow. And I need to know who I am, even if Instagram was deleted tomorrow. And I need Mm -hmm. to make sure that it's not my identity, but it's just a really cool part of me that I can use to share with more of the world. Well, that's amazing. Yes. And it also circles back to people wanting to be seen and feel and how powerful that is because what you're putting out into the world helps people feel seen and even, and feel safe, even when you don't even know that you're doing that, you know? Yes. Yeah. And one that's of my biggest amazing. things too, that I'm like, cause people always say this when they DM me, I, I obviously can't respond to every single DM, but I really do try to like respond to as many as I can, especially if it's like a kind message, like you've, you've really helped me. And they'll always be like, oh my gosh, you, you responded. Like you're one of the first influencers I've ever actually got a response from. And I'm like, it, obviously I can't do it for everyone, but I, I really, really do try. And it's, I just think it's so important because it humanizes us. Like it's just a number next to my name that, like I said, is on an app that could be deleted tomorrow. And then I would just be another human, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think people almost, especially with the people that do have that, those numbers next to their name or trying to get those numbers next to their name need to remember that because also clubhouse is a great example. Like another app can come up and, or TikTok, and and you could gain a bunch of followers on there. And it's like, it's, it's just so interesting, but you may have like no followers on Instagram. And so it's just, it's interesting how this whole, like, I was actually talking to someone the other day. It's interesting how social media has blurred the lines of fame because Mm, we used to just be like, people. And then you had famous people. And now it's like, you have just like people who don't really do social media. And then you have like these influencers who are like in the middle of famous and like famous to some people, to some groups of people, but to other people, you have no idea who they are. And it's really interesting how those lines are getting blurred and how, because fame messes with your mental health and and it can be a very dangerous thing. And so, yeah, it's, uh, Kim and I were actually having that conversation and it's, it's really interesting to, mm. when you start to think about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. So impactful. I love that. Yes. So how did, when did you start to first become aware of your body? So when, oh, wow. So when I was, this is actually a really interesting question. I think that most women, if you really think about it, like you can kind of start to remember like, when was the first time, like I was wearing shorts and I looked down and I noticed a jiggle and I didn't mm-hmm. like it. I think that's for me, at least like the, like, cause mm-hmm. it's either that or like your stomach. Like when was the first time you put on a bathing suit and you like did a double take? Cause like mm-hmm. before then you just put them on, you didn't think about it cause you're a kid and it does, like that stuff doesn't matter. But I think it's like in that sixth, seventh grade when we start to hit puberty and bodies are changing Um, and we're exposed to more media that tells us we're supposed to look a certain way or tells us that looking a certain way doesn't, isn't beautiful. Um, I think that's when, so for me, it was, yeah, when I started noticing, oh, my legs are jiggling or, oh, I have, I have cellulite or, and she doesn't like, what does this mean? Or I see my mother love her to death, shaving herself for her body and her cellulite. And I actually am starting to develop it. So does that mean that I need to shame myself too? And so I've done a lot of 
personal development work and like self growth work within that, because I definitely learned, we all learn how we feel about our bodies. We are, we are, we are born to feel neutral about our bodies until we are told how to feel about it. And so, and we're taught that through the media and we're taught that through what we see and what we see other people saying about their bodies. And so what we need to do now is unlearn that and relearn how to think about our bodies in a more positive way. And that's not always easy. It's, it's actually really, really, really difficult. But I think once you become aware of it, you can start to see it more and you can start to almost call out the media and the different things. And you're like, no, I'm, I'm not going to accept that. Like, I, I don't, I don't like this ad telling me that I need to lose weight and making me feel this way, but it just takes self-awareness. That self-awareness is also a great way I that I, I don't want to speak for you, AMQ, but the way that I've taken my power back is by acknowledging those things and it, realizing that we, everyone has the ability to kind of look at things that we see in the media and say, no, that's not right. Like we're not putting that emphasis on there. Like my thoughts and my feelings about how I feel and how I live in this body are what matter. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So good. The only thing that I will say that's, frustrating in doing that work. Cause Becca and I talk about this. I, I'm going to go ahead and say every single day we have a back and forth about this. You can't unsee it. You know, you can't Never. unhear it and you can't just be sitting at a park at a picnic table with four women who start talking about their diet apps and not feel some type of way. And it blows my mind because I have to be so careful and remember that there was a time not too long ago where if somebody stopped me and tried to educate me, I'm sassy AF. I am so stubborn. I need to learn stuff for myself. And so I need to remember like, AMQ, don't attack them. Be kind. Give them grace because you needed that grace too. And I might not have gotten where I am, which I'm very proud of, if I hadn't been given that grace by people who were trying to get through to me. You know, it was a very much like a give your head a shake. And people had to give my head a shake multiple times before I shook my own head out of it. So mm-hmm. that's the one thing about doing that work is that sometimes I'm like, oh, I just want to be sitting at the park like, <laughs> just and not feel some type of way. But you mentioned, um, you know, you're, you've done personal development. Obviously, you would have had to to be where you are. And as somebody who I relate to your story so much because I'm completely there, I'm starting to realize that at a certain point in my life, I was a hundred gajillion percent orthorexic, which is something that has only come out from doing the work on my bulimia and my body dysmorphia. And I realized, oh shoot, let's toss another one in the mix. And it's, it's just facts. There was a season of my life that I went through that. And I'm curious because I know so many can benefit from this. What were some of your favorite resources that helped you during your recovery? Yeah. So for me, um, I, one of the biggest things that has helped me is because my life is so social media based and like so focused on social media. And I think nowadays everyone is, whether you do content creation or not, the first thing you do when you open your phone is probably open Instagram. At least that's how it is for me. And so for me, one of the biggest things I did was not only clearing my feed of things that were triggering, because I always say that your, your feed, your Instagram feed, your social media feed, it's a bubble and you get to create that bubble for the most part. Obviously there's some ads thrown in there, but even those like usually are based on things that you're researching and looking at. So you, you have the full power, just like we kind of do with our friends and family for the, not all the time with our family, but the people in our life, we get to put those people there and we get to choose. You get to do that for social media too. And I think people forget that. And so I noticed because I was so hyped, I was so into the, I was in the fitness world. I was a fitness influencer. I was, that's what I did. So all of the people I followed were bikini competitors and were people that were diet coaches and health coaches. And my Instagram algorithm was so focused on weight loss and fitness. And so I noticed when I was getting onto Instagram and I was scrolling and say, I hadn't gone to the gym yet, or I was going to take a rest day, or I was having a bad body image day and I'm scrolling and I'm seeing before and afters, or I'm seeing someone killing it at the gym, which go, go you like, that's totally fine. But me, I need to create boundaries for myself. I think it's something that we are, we don't, we're not like fully 
aware of is that like we get to create boundaries on social media. You can't get mad at that person for posting that. I'm never mad at someone for posting weight loss stuff or this or that. I have to create boundaries for me because I'm responsible for the content that is put into my feed. And so clearing out people, if I found them triggering, muting them if they're friends and I don't want to hurt their feelings. Um, and just really, but then also adding people into it. So you can do the clearing, but then also adding people into it who actually look like me, who I aspire to be friends with because I love their energy, adding in different people who don't look like me, who are like much bigger than me or not even body shape wise, but like are different cultural cultures than me and races than me, or are like just in different communities. And so that I can be, cause that is actually what I want to go towards. I don't want to just have women in my circle that look just like me. I want to branch out and I want to be able to learn from other people. And so if you can't do that in real life, I live in Lexington, Kentucky. It's a very whitewashed place. And so doing that on social media was a really, really great, um, tool for me. And then, so especially, especially when it comes to like the body stuff and the eating stuff, seeing people who were already embracing their bodies and were already doing the body positive self-love thing. It just inspired me to want to do it more in my real life. And, and it's, it's amazing because whatever you put in on social media in front of you, it's, you're going to start feeling that because it's what you see every day. Just like, we, the media that was put in front of us that made us feel bad about our bodies, you know? So it's like put positive media in front of you and positive things in front of you and you'll start to feel better about it. Yep. Love a good flush the feed moment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love a good flush the feed moment. It's true. <laughs> like curating... And just creating that orbit, I, I, I refer to everything as like, I love the humans I have in my orbit. I just, that's what I always say. And it's true. We forget that social media is just like that. I mean, you know what I think? This is just AMQ going on a soapbox here. But I think that this global pandemic and the fact that we had to turn to social media and technology to leave us so connected, to make us feel connected, I feel like people are starting to realize that. Like, actually, yeah, you know, social media is a place that I get to choose who I follow. I'm, I'm noticing even conversations like obviously in Clubhouse, but just in real life conversations, people talking about how they've changed social media because they've had so much more time to focus. I mean, we had all the time in the world to be on social. And then if you're like, hmm, I don't really like how I'm feeling, but that all goes back to self-awareness, which we don't always have, right? We kind of walk through that the three of us, I think, can relate that at a certain point in our life, we were sort of zombies, right? We were just kind of like walking through and doing the things and following this and that because that's what made sense kind of for us, even though it did. I look back and I'm like, how did that make sense? But I don't know. I guess it did <laughs> at some point. Because it's what we surrounded ourselves with and it was like what was expected, you know? And so it's like, it, it, it really is like you'll start, it, people will start to notice like, you are what you surround yourself with. And so surround yourself with good, good people, good content, good positive things, and you will feel better and you'll, and you'll learn new tools and you'll see new ways of doing things, or you'll try new things because of it. And it's like, there's nothing bad that can come from it. No, no. 12 out of 10 agree with you. <laughs> what is one word that you would use to describe your current relationship with your body? This is always such an interesting one to ask. Currently, I feel grateful and I feel at peace with my body, which is something that I genuinely thought I would never be able to say. I am grateful because I can say that. And I know that it may not always be that, but currently right now in this season, I feel that way. And I, and I've also come to peace with the, with the fact that seasons change and mental states change. And I want to have a baby one day. It's going to change then. And I've, I've already like learned and acknowledged that that's going to happen in life. And, and it's happening as right now, as we speak, we're all changing, we're all getting older and evolving and we're women. So we're going through cycles and, mm -hmm. and I know, and I know that. So I would say peaceful and, and extremely grateful to have an able body and to just be healthy, especially after this year we've had with how many people have been affected. 
with COVID and whatnot. Um, it is, yeah, I just feel really grateful. And, and I think that's something that's really helped me with my body image is, is really taking a step back from like the little, like when you judge, like the little judgments of yourself and kind of taking a step back and looking at your body as a whole and being like, wait a second, I, I just went on a two hour hike this morning with my boyfriend and I wasn't completely out of breath. I was able to walk the whole thing. And that right there is incredible. And I should be really grateful for that instead of standing in front of the mirror and being annoyed that there's a little bit of extra fat right here, you know? Yeah. And so, and I, I don't want to take away from anyone's experience with their body because those feelings are so valid and I've been there, but I think the more I've also through social media and adding more people into my my feed and stuff. I've also just realized that I do have a very privileged body. I'm a, I'm a straight sized white woman and I, I live with so much privilege. And the more I've learned about my privilege, I've, it's really, really opened my eyes and actually helped my body image a lot because I've realized, Oh my gosh, like I, I, I don't have to deal with fat phobia. I don't have to deal with all these things that women who live in larger bodies do. And while I can, I can't ever know how that feels. I can also, I can acknowledge my privilege and I can then advocate for them too. That's something that has just also really helped me. Absolutely. Love that. Love that. You already covered, you touched on this a lot, but I love, this is probably my favorite question. I hope it stays on our list of questions to ask guests forever and ever. I'm going to toss a few terms at you and I want you to let us know which one you resonate with the most or volley up another one, (laughs) right? So between body acceptance, body neutrality, body positivity, or other, which term do you connect with the most and why? So I'm body acceptance for sure. And body neutrality. I think those kind of they can be interchanged. I'm going to throw a new one at you too, because I kind of think all three of these go together. Body liberation is another really, really good one. Like, because the reason I I, I like body neutrality, I almost think, think of it as tears. So it's like when you're starting the self-love journey, you start with like just feeling neutral about your body. You don't need to love it. You don't need to feel great in it. You just need to feel neutral. Let's start at a neutral space. And then, and then we can work on the acceptance it's like almost like that's like the next step up. Like we can kind of work on body acceptance and accepting these flaws that we have. We don't need to love our flaws. I'm never going to love the fact I have cellulite. Let's just be real. I'm not going to pretend that like, Oh, love this. Like, no, but, but I can accept it. You know, um, I personally don't identify with body positivity because that movement was created by and for, um, black women, um, and women who live in larger marginalized bodies. And so I've done a lot of research and talked to a lot of women who are figureheads in that movement. And they've really educated me and Mick on what that movement is. And that is why we don't use that term because, and this is actually a really good educational piece for anyone who, who hears that. And it's like, wait, but everyone can be body positive. Cause trust me, I was there too. I was that person that was like, wait a second, why can't I be body positive? Obviously you can be body, like literally body positive. You can be positive about your body. Anyone can. The issue is, is when brands and companies want to hop on this movement, a body positive, this body positivity movement. And they think, okay, cool. Yeah. Like we, we want to be more body positive. So they pick someone like Mick or I, who is, are still midsize or straight size white women, but have some roles, have some acne, have some cellulite, but it's just like a little bit, it's still very palatable. And then we become figureheads for this movement when it wasn't even created for us or it doesn't like we don't even need it because we're not marginalized. And so that is why it is a big like topic right now in, in this space is because women who are living in larger bodies and in marginalized bodies, especially black women and women of color, they are the ones who should be figureheads of this movement. They should be giving, being given the brand deals. They should be the ones who are getting paid and being able, like being able to talk about this because they're the ones who it was made for. And so, um, like I, I think someone explained it really well to me. They said, the issue is, is when you type in the hashtag now it's like super saturated, so it doesn't matter as much, but when you type in the hashtag body positivity and you start to scroll and all you see is white straight sized women bending over and like trying to create roles, which again, totally valid. You're allowed to feel insecure about your roles and whatnot. But when that's all you see and there's women who are living in larger bodies and in marginalized bodies who see that and think, I wish I looked like you. 
I wish I could look like that and, and, or not get yelled at on the street or called names on the street. Like it's, it's for women who are in marginalized bodies. And so that is why I don't, um, identify with body positivity. However, body liberation is really another really good one because we can feel liberated in our bodies and we can feel liberated with our flaws. And I just think it's another, another great one to add to the list. Oh, I love that one. I wrote that one down so fast. Thank you for sharing that one. I know. Yes. Thank you for sharing that, all of that and love a good teachable moment. So thank mm-hmm. you for sharing about that. I have been saying quite, quite frankly, for the last couple months, probably since we, Becca and I started working together on this pod, I've been saying stuff like, I think I'm going to break up with body positivity. Like I say that. And the very first time I said it to a lot of my close friends, even my husband, they were like, what does that even, what do you mean? And it's because quite honest, if I'm being totally honest, after BLM, after everything happened, I started doing a lot of research on the origins of body positivity and I felt bad. I felt really guilty, but then I reminded myself, okay, but this is the point, right? If you're positioning yourself on social media and then you're launching a podcast and this is where you want to live, this is the space you want to learn and grow and unlearn in, that's kind of the point. It's okay (laughs) if you are learning something that you said. I always say this to Becca, how many times I used to say, summer bodies are made in winter. It like, my gosh, every time I I just cringe, I cringe, but I've learned from it. If I didn't say it, I I don't know that I could have grown from there and look back on it and be like, okay, got to make that change. So yes, thank you for teaching us. And I love body liberation. Great term. Yes. I almost flung my pen off the desk. (laughs) To write that one down. I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> I, I'll give you a person too to add to your feed if you don't already have them. Cause she's, I don't know if she's like the creator of the term, but she has a movement called the body liberation movement. And she's actually a speaker at the Rose Retreat. So you'll, she's on our advisory board. Um, her name is Chrissy King. So on Instagram, I think it's, I am Chrissy King. She's amazing. Um, she talks about this stuff a lot. And I mean, you'll, you'll hear a lot about it next weekend. Um, and actually one of the topics that we're talking about, one of the like panel discussions, we're starting off the event. I'm going to give you a little like preview. We're starting off. This event is the most inclusive and well, like thought, cause we have a diversity and inclusion board of advisors. And so we have made it so inclusive and so thought out that it's like been made with such precision. We're starting the event off with a panel of marginalized plus size women who are going to talk about the roots of body positivity because they are the women that are actually in it. And then we're, cause we were going to just start off with a like self-love body acceptance panel. And we were like, wait a second. No, we can't talk about this if we don't talk about where this started. And so we're doing a panel on what are the roots of body positive, body positivity. And then we're moving. The next one is from, from self-love to body neutrality or body acceptance, whatever the title is. And so then we're going to kind of go into like that side of it. So I'm really, really excited. I think if you are relating to this or interested in this, I think that you'll get a lot from that next weekend. Yes. That is amazing way to set the tone too. Claps and snaps. (laughs) I have this thing that I say. So good. Like I'm getting, I get goosebumps about this stuff because I, I mean, all three of us can relate to this. Like I think about the the young, I'm going to say, I mean, we're older than you, Gabby, but I'm going to say <laughs> young women. I mean, imagine if we were in high school right now and this was going on in the world. Mm. These movements were being made. Just think of the tumbles that we could have potentially been prevented. I'm not saying that we wouldn't, I definitely would have taken my own because we already know I'm stubborn. Like I would have stumbled and tumbled and all that stuff. There would have been lots of rumbles. All the umbles would have happened. But (laughs) the, the fact is that I think the path might have been a little bit clearer or options would be there. Whereas when I grew up, I was called pocket-sized J-Lo in high school because I'm 4'10 and have always had a big booty. But that wasn't good then, right? Today, everyone's like, I want a booty like yours. I was like, bish, I was born with this. It came, I came out with this. <laughs> so, but if I was in high school and it wasn't Barbie this, Barbie that look, that would have been much easier. So it's just interesting. I, I just get really happy about 
being a mom and potentially being a girl mom, who knows, but just raising kids in this culture, mm-hmm. whether they're boy or girl, it doesn't matter. I just love that. So the again, the idea of body liberation, can you imagine if that was even a thought mm. even a decade ago? Decade or even ago? just having, again, love my parents. They're incredible. I don't, it's not their fault, but like just having a mother figure who accepts herself. Mm-hmm. I bet we all can sit here and say that we've watched our moms like not love themselves. And so like, again, you learn from your environment. And so it's like, I, I'm interested to see what that, what kind of child comes out of that? Because I don't, most of the people I know, all the people I know can say that, that they did not grow up in with a relationship with their mom like that. So I'm very interested to, to see, I think it's, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Which is also a testament to how far back this has gone and these societal norms have transpired from generation to generation because they were taught that same thing with the Mm -hmm. same media, well, different media, but the same type of surroundings that they had to change who they were or change how they looked. Yeah. In order to even adapt to the world, right? Like I only knew what cellulite was because my mom obsessed over her cellulite. I wouldn't, I mean, how would you, you wouldn't know, right? You wouldn't know. But my mom, I would have thought it looked cool. Yeah, my mom obsessed. She was the woman who got all the treatments. And guess what happened? Then your girl did the same thing because I was like, oh, she's wishing it away, right? My mom, it's your mom. It's your mom, you know? (laughs) Like, that's the person you hold in such a high regard. So I was like, I guess I got to do what she does. I look just like her. So, you know, I'm going to do what she does. Anyways, we could talk about this forever. But moving on, (laughs) I'm asking, this is a completely selfish question, and I'm here to say it. No, it's a good one because we we've been we've been talking about this. This has been a topic of our conversation of something that we we're in the middle of right now. <laughs> yeah, currently in the middle of a season in our lives where we are being approached with questions, um, and you can totally relate to this. So I really love this question for you. So, how would you respond to someone who says that you cannot be anti diet culture and pro-body movement at the same time? I would say take a step back, take a seat, and let me spit some facts. <laughs> and then I would go into an Eminem-style rap and tell them about how they're wrong. Yes! <laughs> but Specifically I've not Eminem. for you. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, is she about to just drop a beat on us right now? Oh my now? gosh, oh my gosh, you should prepare it for the retreat, Gabby. <laughs> You know what? I'm probably going to. Okay. <laughs> so, um, it, honestly, though, it, it's it actually is laughable because. So I think here, here's what the issue is, and I've been through this, so I can speak to it. When you drop diet culture, or and when you like start dismissing it, and you like go against it, and you're like no more, and you're very anti diet, and you're very like food freedom, self love, body acceptance, like give yourself grace when you really dive into that, it's almost like we flip flop and we do what we did on the other side of the spectrum, but with like the other stuff. So we start like, like I even noticed myself doing it. Like I would start like judging people. If I saw them eating a salad, I'd be like, you're not practicing food freedom. Like you probably hate yourself. Like you probably are trying to diet right now, but maybe they just wanted a salad, you know, like, like, maybe they just really love salad. And so I feel like we, and, and I, like I went the other way with movement too. I was like, like I didn't work out for a while and I was like very anti-gym and just anti-fitness, just like on the other end when we were like very pro it. And so I think once you can kind of calm down and you start to settle into this life, you begin to find your own version of health. And so this is where the whole health idea comes in. And this is my favorite topic to talk about. At the end of the day, health is an umbrella term. And underneath health, you have mental, you have emotional, you have spiritual, you have physical, you have nutritional, you have financial, you have social, environmental. There are literally so many areas and things that go into us being healthy humans. And we only focus on the physical and the nutritional because those are the things that we can control. So when we think, oh, I wanna get healthy, you work out and you change your eating because those are things that we can tangibly do really quickly to change our health or what we think is our health. And so 
the issue is though, is we neglect our mental health and our emotional health. And so when you start to drop all the diet culture stuff and start to learn about just movement and not just exercise, you can find a balance and you can find a way to be anti-diet, but also still want to improve your health. It's okay to move your body. Moving your body is a good thing. The issue is, is when you feel like you have to move your body for a desired physical outcome or for a desired aesthetic or because someone else is doing it or whatever. And so the key is, is you can be anti-diet and I'm anti-diet. I, I do, I do not agree with the idea of dieting me. If someone else wants to diet and that's what they want in their, their life, I don't personally like love that, but it's also their life and it's their body, their rules, my body, my rules. And I'm very anti-diet. I freaking love movement. I love playing tennis. I love going on hikes. I love going to the gym. Sometimes I love cycle bar. I grew up as an active person. I played soccer. I just movement makes me feel really, really good when I'm doing it to feel good and not doing it to punish myself or to look a certain way. And so I think if, if someone does believe that, that you can't be anti-diet and pro-movement, they're probably in a, I honestly empathize with them because they're probably in a space where they're just kind of getting out of the obsessive state and they're going like far in the other direction and they haven't found a healthy balance. And so they feel like it's not possible, but I promise you it is. And it's also, everybody's different. Some people like you may have been forcing yourself to go to the gym and you might not love movement. You might not have found a movement that feels great to you, or you just might not be someone that loves to move your body that much. And that's totally fine. But we have to stop judging people and, and assuming someone's journey based on what they're doing. Like I, I do, I went through a phase where like, I re, I didn't post about me going to the gym because I felt like I would be triggering people or people would think, oh, she's, she's having a bad body image day. So that's why she's at the gym because she feels like she needs to work out. No, I just... I go to the gym and I want to go to the gym and I, I actually don't think about it. And I think the more you become free from all of these thoughts, the easier it becomes because you, you don't even think about it. You just do what feels good. Kind of going back to that, like animalistic and almost like a toddler like mindset. If you want to go outside, they go outside and play. It, it's not about how you look. It's literally just about what you want to do. And so I think that's kind of, that's my, I didn't do it in Eminem style, but I think I dropped some facts. <laughs> You did. You definitely did. You definitely did. And it's so true that movement doesn't have to be going to the gym. It can be going outside for hikes and finding a movement that you do like and not putting that physical aesthetic piece to it that you have to achieve. And it doesn't have to be about weight loss. Like I, when I right. go to cycle bar, when I go to the gym, I'm, I'm not thinking about my body at all. I'm thinking about my health, my mental health, and even my internal health, or I'm, I'm vegetarian. And so I, I have to, like, I do like to make sure I at least lift like once a week just to like, make sure like I have some muscle, like, so I can literally, so I can move all the stuff out of my apartment. Like I literally, when I was thinking about it, like a few weeks ago, I was like, yeah, I need to start going to the gym. It wasn't because I was like, I need to look a certain way. It was like, I'm going to be moving soon. And I want to be able to pick up these heavy boxes and be a strong, independent woman and move my stuff down to the U-Haul. It had nothing to do with how I looked, but more how my body was performing and how I was feeling like physically, but not aesthetically. Yes. Yeah. We're big words people here at I Got You Boo. <laughs> and I feel like even something as simple as instead of saying, and this goes to this question, instead of saying pro-exercise or pro-working out, it's pro-movement. Movement, just like you said, movement has an umbrella, just like health has an umbrella. And I think everyone is so quick, I'm saying everyone, but I think in, a, in that when you're in that headspace, it's hard to see someone work out when you, cause I was there, I get it. I get it. I, I was like you, I stopped working out. And that was huge for me because everyone in my life knew me to always work out. And then I stopped, like stopped, hated, don't talk to me. I don't want to see anyone's gym selfies. Like it was terrible. But I think if I recall that time in my life, if I can go back that far, it, I would resent people when I would see them showing up on social media and working out or telling me that they were just at the gym, they'd call me right back. Like things like that would really upset me. And it's, it's not about me at that point, right? It's about their journey. So I think that being pro-movement is so different than pro-going to the gym five days a week. I think that's mm -hmm. kind of the, like the little tweak that needs to be made. 
Yeah. Movement is beautiful. And I think also when you can get to a space where you can see movement as movement, but you, you can also see movement as, as your workout for the day. Like I, I, it's actually funny. I had this conversation this morning with my boyfriend. I was like, we had, we went on this hike that we hadn't done for a couple of years. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, the last time we came here, I, I vividly remember going to the gym afterwards because that hike, I, that wasn't my workout for the day because it wasn't inside the four walls of a gym. And so, but now it's like, I'm like, I'm so happy. I'm like, I got my movement out of the way for the day. Like, and it was amazing and it was fun. And it was also a spiritual, like mental health cleanse too. And I don't feel like I have to go to the gym because when I think of movement, it's, it's literally that it's movement. It's not in a specific place or doing it or burning a specific amount of calories. Like it's literally just that movement. So yeah, I think that's a beautiful, and that includes yoga and all those other types of Mm -hmm. movement that people usually don't think of as like good enough to be a workout. It's like, it's not about that. It's about moving your body in a way that feels good for you. Yes. I say it all the time. Sometimes my movement first started because I couldn't stand even the sight of my own stomach while I was working out or how I would land and my thighs would clap for me (laughs) when I would like land in a certain exercise. But enjoying that movement and realizing that that's normal first off, cause you have skin and just being able to enjoy that time that like, yeah, if I'm dancing in my underwear, that's what I had to do every day in order to help me learn to love that. And that was my movement. And I think that everyone does like to put that. I have to be in the four walls of a gym. I have to be slinging weights around or running on that treadmill for X amount of time. And it, you don't have to, you can try that. And if you love that, God bless. If you like to run outside, unless I'm being chased, no, but, <laughs> but, um, if you enjoy it, then that's all that matters. And I love how you said that sometimes people just haven't found the movement that they enjoy yet. Cause if they see the movement you're doing and can't connect with that, it is very mm-hmm. easy to say poo poo on you <laughs> for you or, or slapping and saying that you're fake. Like it's fake that you're doing this. Cause I was there. I would see people enjoying movement in their body and, and saying that just because they love to do it. And I was like, that's fake. She wants to change how she looks. Yeah. We, it's like, we, because, we try yeah. to like put our own journeys and our own mindsets into the heads of other people. And we have no idea what they're going through. And it's, it's just, it's almost, it's not fair. Just like they don't yeah. know what you're going through. I think one of the best things that helped me, this is like another like resource or tool or tangible tip that helped me heal my relationship with exercise is just what you said, Becca and uh, AMQ, you said it too, is trying different forms of movement because for so long it, I had to go into a gym and I had to do a specific routine. Monday was shoulders, Tuesday was legs. Like it was very specific. And so when I dropped that, um, I, I started doing group fitness. I think I talked about this at the beginning, but I also tried a bunch of different styles of group fitness because one, I didn't have to think about it. And I was able to let go of that control because a lot of it comes down to control. We want to control how our bodies look and what we do in the gym, letting go of that and giving someone else that control and just being able to follow along and also being in a group of people where you feel safe and it's fun and it's you can just try new things. I tried boxing. I tried like, the kind of more like boot camp style stuff. I tried cycling. I went rock climbing. Like I did a bunch of different stuff and that's where you can really start to just find what you love. And then once you find it, you'll realize like, Oh, this is what it, when people say they love to work out, this is what they mean. You know, it's like, you just didn't find the the way that felt best to you. Yes, absolutely. So we're going to round this out. I love this question so much because, I mean, we kind of spoke on it. Like, what would the world be like if we, they grew up or we grew up in a world where you accepted your body? But um, what advice would you give your younger self? This is, yeah, this is always a tough question. I think that in different points in my life, I would have said different things. But I think right now, if I could say like my 13-year-old self is what I'm kind of thinking of. Um I would tell her, there's not many things I would tell her. Cause I think that we're all like our journeys have happened for a reason. And like, I believe if I wouldn't have gone through my eating disorder and my stuff, then I wouldn't be able to use that to help other people. So I don't regret any of it. However, I wish I could go back and just tell her to care a little bit less about what other people think about you, about me. And so I I've been pretty good about it my whole life, or at least like on the outside 
<laughs> I think I've been pretty good about it, but I think deep down, I really struggled with like people pleasing and not being a hundred percent authentic to who I am and just caring too much about other people's opinions and like trying too hard to be the cool girl or to wear the cool clothes or to, to fit in. And I wish I could go back and just, and just kind of be like, it's okay. You can wear whatever you want today. You can wear sweatpants. You don't have to dress up. Like, remember, I don't know if you guys remember back in high school, when we were in high school, it was like, are we having a dress up day or are we having like a, a cause I, I didn't have uniforms. So I had uniforms. We had civvies, <laughs> civvies day. I wish we did because like we, like it was always every single day. It was like, are we dressing up today? Or are we dressing down today? Like, am I going to do my hair today? And I always made those decisions, not based on how I felt, but how I wanted other people to perceive me. And so I wish that's the only thing I, I think I wish I could kind of go back. And then also I would just tell me, I would go back and be like, just trust yourself. Like you're, you're going to do really, really well. And just, just trust yourself through all of the good and the bad. Yes, that's such good advice. Trusting yourself is so huge because we lose that along the way because we learn that, you know, through the outside sources of the world, oh, well, what I thought must have been wrong because, you know, Gigi Hadid's not doing it on on her Instagram. It's so crazy. I can't imagine social media. I mean, and again, you're a little bit younger, but I think Facebook was just like the new thing when I was like senior in yeah. high school. So we kind of, I feel like we just kind of dodged that. But now teenagers, I'm like, where did the awkward eyeliner, blue eyeliner, don't know what you're doing. Hey, with- blue eyeliner's coming back. I actually, it is. Awesome. That's true. Wow. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> like that pattern where you don't know. Now there's a YouTube tutorial, like 13 year olds. Like, right. All, all black <laughs> and like so much eyeliner. Trust me. I know. How old are you guys? I'm 35, so Facebook wasn't even a thing for me. My (laughs) like MySpace, yeah, MySpace, and like all we were just basically chat kids. Like we we just like MSN Messenger, yeah, AIM, ICQ, all these. I was in like fourth or fifth grade when like AIM was a thing. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Enter away message here. (laughs) (laughs) Like the door, like the door opening and closing when people like log in and log off. See, that's the vibe we're going for. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that might be where the idea came from when people got, came in for the guests. <laughs> what a full oh. circle moment. Oh my gosh, we so appreciate you being here. This was such a beautiful conversation and has, if anything, hopefully, Boo Crew, if you have loved, which I'm sure you have, loved everything that Gabby has talked about for the Rose Retreat, you can check out the link in our um, notes for this episode to get yourself in this Rose Retreat, AMQ and I will definitely be there. Fresh notebook. I have a fresh notebook ready to go. I haven't even taken the seal off of it yet <laughs> for the Rose Retreat. That is and so just, exciting. So, v Becca. What a Becca thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even taken it out of its package, okay? It's so fresh. Becca's a three on the Enneagram, I think. I'm just guessing, but... I'm a two-wing three, so yes. She's a two-wing three. I'm... I'm Listen, Enneagram... Let's not talk about Enneagrams at the end of the episode, okay? Yes. This opens up a whole... AMQ's going to be on one. I'm also an elementary school teacher, so I get really excited for school supplies. (laughs) Well, uh, what do we say at the end of every episode? We talk about how... We love that you're here, and we love that our guest was here, and we love that the Boo Crew could experience everything that is Gabby Mail because we are so grateful for you. And if you are listening to this episode and you connect with it in any way and you love our vibe, then we would love for you to like, comment, share, and subscribe. And if you want to say more, yes, send every everything you can any type of takeaways or any peaks of the week or any type of aha light bulb moments to hello, hello with three O's at I got you And we will for sure send them Gabby's way because we love hearing the takeaways from people's episodes. All right. So catch us next time on. I got you, boo. Okay. Thanks. Love you. Bye. bye. <laughs> so good. <laughs> that was so fun. <laughs>